Hi guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I am delighted to bring on two amazing women onto this week's podcast episode, Dr. Walter and Chelsea. Dr. Walter is the founder of Studio 17 Cosmetics and Wellness, which is based in Hoboken, who I was so kindly introduced to thanks to Chelsea. Chelsea is who did my Botox for me um, about a year ago, and I loved getting to know her so much because she made my first experience getting Botox very, how do I say this, just comfortable. She explained it to me. She breaks it down. She breaks down the science. She knows her shit so well. I trust everything that her and Dr. Walter have to say. Um, Dr. Walter also was an OBGYN. She studied under Dr. Foreman. So you know that if I am putting all of my trust into these two women, it's just I really wanted to bring them onto the podcast to break it down, you know, break down Botox 101 for us. We talk about Botox, fillers, other face things that you can do. A lot of this is way over my head and I get very intimidated by it, but I wanted to find a way to, and I'm not saying this in like a rude way, but just like dumb it down for us because I'm sure that there are other people similar to me who really don't understand like what filler means and where does it go and how long does it last and when do I know if I need Botox and I don't know. So Chelsea and Dr. Walter are two amazing women. They really, this conversation was just so wonderful. I'm so happy to have brought them on. If you're a local to Hoboken and in New Jersey or in the city and you'll go to Hoboken, highly recommend checking out Studio 17. It is such a wonderful place. They also have two estheticians that work there. And you can definitely trust Chelsea and Dr. Walter when it comes to your skin. I cannot wait to go and see them again soon. And if you do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend. If she's like, should I get Botox? Do I need this? Like, what does it mean for my skin? Like, can I get it? Is it safe? Highly recommend sharing this with your friends. Download it, subscribe to the podcast. And if you would like to rate and review this episode, that would always mean so much to me and Jordan as well. I know sometimes I'm going to have many intros and sometimes I guess not. So sorry for the inconsistency there. But, you know, we're together all day every day. So sometimes I'd like to hide in the closet for a few minutes and record this by myself. Anyways, I'm going to let you guys listen to the episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. I am over the top excited to share today's podcast sponsor with you because it is something I consume every single day and I recommend it to so many of my friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Element. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't need, like sugar, which is in so many of these electrolyte mixes. Element contains science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is why it really works. It has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, and a 60 milligrams of magnesium. You know my obsession with magnesium. There's no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial anything like so many of these other electrolyte mixes out there. I started drinking this while I was pregnant for hydration, and Jordan also got hooked on it too. Now I have it daily for nursing, and I swear by it. My personal favorite flavors are the watermelon, which tastes like a Jolly Rancher, orange, and the citrus, but you can't go wrong with really any. It's totally risk-free to try it, and if you don't like it, you could share it with a friend, and they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. Plus, anyone listening to this can get a free sample pack with your purchase with my link. DrinkLMNT.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. This is a great way for you to try all the flavors, and it comes with one of each, so you can try everything and see what your favorites are too. They also have an unflavored one if flavored beverages aren't your thing. 
This offer is exclusive for my community, so you won't find this available anywhere else. Let me know if you try it and what your favorite flavors are. And again, the link is drink, D-R-I-N-K, element, L-M-N-T dot com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. And I'm linking to everything in the show notes too to make it even easier. Thank you both so much for coming on to the podcast. I was telling Jordan yesterday when we were preparing for the interview that I was overwhelmed. And I I texted Chelsea this. I was overwhelmed at the number of questions that were submitted (laughs) um, for this topic. Like I knew right now. Yes. No, I think that there isn't enough, like at least for me, like when I was trying to learn about this, I still don't know a lot about like Botox and any type of like injectables on your face or procedures, et cetera. And I don't think there's that much, like, I don't want to call it like idiot proof ways to kind of like dumb it down, but like to break it down in a way where it makes it really easy for anyone to understand like what it means to be getting Botox, when they should be getting it, how they should be getting it. So our goal of this episode is really to explain it to people in a way where they understand they're comfortable. Like they don't feel silly, like asking these types of questions because I'm asking them for them. Um, Perfect. But to open up, I'd love to have you both introduce yourself and tell us who you are. Okay. All right. (laughs) Hi, my name is Dr. Brisa Walter and I am a Physician, um, originally trained in obstetrics, gynecology, minimally invasive and robotic surgery. And I am the owner and medical director of Studio 17 Cosmetics and Wellness. Hi, I'm Chelsea Cruz. I'm a registered nurse and a nurse injector at Studio 17 in Hoboken. Uh, I graduated from the University of Delaware with a degree in nutritional science, and then I went on to get my bachelor's in nursing at Seton Hall. My nursing background is actually in oncology, but I've always loved this world and wanted to break in. So I'm super grateful to be working with Dr. Walter now. I've been doing this with her for about a year and a half, and it's been really amazing, and I love it. Yes. That's great. And can you give us a little bit more background on what Studio 17 offers um, to, to your clients? Yeah. Um, so Studio 17 is um, a full encompassing practice. We focus on health, wellness, and then, you know, really delivering that in, into the aesthetic world through injectables and rejuvenation. We do consultations from the injectable side and then follow ups and um just continuation of care all the way through hormonal replacement therapy. So we really have a full scope practice um, for anyone, any age um, to, to have skincare treatments as well as medical treatments and um, injectables. And so that the listeners know, this is where I went for my Botox when yeah. Chelsea did it <laughs> and Jordan went and held my hand and Chelsea was amazing. Gave me a squeeze ball to, to hold on to. And I, but I wish I was going when I lived in Hoboken because I lived three or four blocks from, oh. yeah, we lived so close to Studio yeah. 7. <laughs> you all see that like vibration, um, Yes, yeah. the, pain, the pain probe. Yes. I, I think I think that one worked better than holding my hand, honestly. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's used anyways. a lot in pediatrics. Um, because the it, oh. it just it just makes the kids distract 
And it also um, distracts the, the pain fibers from sensing sharp. So kids love it. They, they really don't feel like if they're getting a shot. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, we should try that next time. We yeah, we should, we should bring it. Yeah. It's really um, <laughs> And just so people can know, I speak from like some experience coming, coming to your studio. That's why I want to bring, bring you guys on. And one more fun fact before we like really dive in is Chelsea told me that you trained under Dr. Foreman and the podcast listeners love Dr. Foreman. I love Dr. Foreman. So I was in residency at Morristown when he was actually a fellow at, um, at you know, the reproductive endocrinology uh, department at Atlantic Health. And I just followed him around like um, a tick. <laughs> and I thought, and I just, I just thought that he was a fantastic provider. Um, he also had a little secret sauce, uh, especially being a male uh, provider. He just had this amazing, soft and empathic side to him on top of his, his immense knowledge and skills. So yeah, he, he really taught me a lot and I love him. He's great. Yeah. I, I, I truly love him. <laughs> He's one of my favorite humans um, on, on the planet. So little fun fact for everyone. <laughs> so let's dive right on in. And the first topic that we want to talk about is Botox. Shocker. So what exactly is Botox? All right. Okay. Good. Uh, so Botox is a botulinum toxin type A. Basically what it does when it's injected, it blocks the nerve sing- signals that make the muscles contract. So it relaxes the muscles, um, thus preventing them to fully contract, um, which helps prevent wrinkles or soften wrinkles that are already there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's in aesthetics, but it's also used in other medicine. Wildly in medicine, yeah. yeah. So it started actually, I believe, in ophthalmology for like eye twitching. Uh, right. How they discovered what it can do, and then it made its way over to the aesthetic side, and yeah. now it's probably the most popular aesthetic treatment that you can get. Yeah, it's also used in a variety of fields in medicine. So it's used a lot in neurology, mm-hmm. you know, today commonly for migraine headaches, for mus- muscle tension, but also for patients that have contractures to, re- to for them to be able to have mobility. Um, it's also used in um, overactive, overactive bladder. bladder. It's also used in gastroenterology to inject the esophagus or the anal sphincters. Um, it's used in pediatrics to repair um, palates in children to relax the orbicularis muscle. So they inject the Botox in order to be able to reapproximate any any defect. So it's actually um, a beautiful discovery and a beautiful product in a variety of, of medical fields and practices. But we commonly just refer to it as just an aesthetic injectable uh, neuromodulator, but that's all. It's a neuromodulator just controls the, the contraction muscle. That's all it does. Yeah. And are there like different types of Botox or is it all the same product? Yeah. So, I mean, Botox is um, one of the brands of botulinum talk toxin type A. So there's Botox, um, there's Xeomin, there's Dyspor, there's Jervo, and now we have Daxify. Um, they're all kind of made differently. They have different proteins in them that differentiate them from one another, um, but they all 
have the same end result. Yeah, they all function the same yeah. in terms of attaching itself to an acetylcholine receptor. So the function of, of the product and the receptor it attaches, except for the chemical protein yeah. that each manufacturer tries to develop as, a, as their differentiating you know, property. So, so when someone goes for Botox, do you recommend that they ask like what brand that the practitioner is using or does it, does it matter? Well, the, the truth is they should know what brand they're using, right? Like sometimes actually more often than I like to, to see patients come and they're like, oh yeah, I've had Botox before. I don't know what type. And they don't okay. necessarily know that Botox is a brand and a trademark um, for a particular company that manufactures it, which is Allergan, now known as AbbVie. So um, Allergan was acquired by Abby. And they, they're like, oh, I thought it was all Botox, Botox. They, they should know. And the reason for that is it's, it's multifold. So one, if they had an a, a, a adverse reaction to it, if their longevity of, of results were, was just sub, suboptimal, or if they had a resistance to it. So there's a, there's a variety of reasons, and providers should be telling their patients exactly what they're putting in their, in, in their yeah. patients' faces. I feel like a lot of people just say Botox is like a blanket term. Yeah. Like the way yeah. yeah. Kleenex. Yeah. Like for tissue. <laughs> like that so I feel like yes. most people know it as Botox, but um, there's now so many different kinds of neurotoxins. Yeah. And Botox was the only product in the market, yeah. right? Like for the longest time, um, probably 20 years. And it, it, in medicine, and then it became anesthetic. And even within the company, they, they manufacture two brands of Botox, Botox Medical and Botox Cosmetic, albeit exactly the same chemical, formula and vial one can be reimbursed by by insurance the cosmetic cannot so the the just that lot number has to be different but it's exactly the same and then if you have a uh, a client who's interested in botox what's like the best way to kind of ease into it and then maybe just talk about like the different units cuz i remember when Rachel and i went and Chelsea was talking about the units. Oh, yeah. Her and I were like, oh, what, is that <laughs> yeah, like, what does that mean? Do you remember how many units? Um, it was probably, yeah, I, I, yeah, we can look it up. I, if I had a guess, we pro probably somewhere in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's in total. I think it was like 46 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, um, and, and we'll, we'll talk yeah. about dosing and what what it is, what does it mean? Because so, some people get really fixated, fixated on, the on the number. Yeah. And it varies. Why? Because they're I mean, like, scared. They're like, scared. I don't want too much. Right. Um, but like, it's really more about like the distribution of right. those units, like where you're putting them um, and your, mu your own muscle strength and anatomy. Um, so, you know, when someone comes in as like a first time Botox patient, you know, I explained to them the three areas of the upper face that we use it. I mean, it's, we can use it in the lower face as well, but the on label, you know, FDA approved places, um, are in the upper face. So for the forehead lines, 
um, the frown lines, which are commonly referred to as the 11 lines and the crow's feet around the eyes. Um, so I go through all that with them. And then I also just ask them, like, what are your areas of concern? Like, if I can do one thing for you, what would that be? Because some people are not bothered by their crow's feet, you know, right. like it's the frown lines or whatever. So I kind of pinpoint exactly what they're trying to target. Um, and sometimes we can do that. And sometimes I have to have that conversation of, well, if I only do this one area, you know, this other area is going to look odd or start to recruit and get stronger. So we kind of have a full, so, um, sorry, we're looking up here. Uh, uh, you're, yeah. Oh, you're so funny. You didn't have, I uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, we did 54 actually. So the FDA approved us for the upper phase is 64 units. Yeah. So not far. So you're not, you're, you're not even at the, the, you know, for, for results to really be optimal and for patient satisfaction, the overall unit dosing would be 64 and you had 10 less than that. Yeah. And what is the frown line? Is that a, like around your mouth? Um, the frown lines in between the eyebrows, the 11s. Oh, yeah. They so refer to them as the frown, as the frown lines. lines. Yeah. Not, these are like That's very, a good question. yeah. What is what is it like? What are the lines around your lips then? That like I, you frown there, so I'd like. So I these know. are your smile lines. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I frown more these days. <laughs> oh man. So so the reason why they call this the frown lines because when you go like this, you're. I mean, I can't really do it because I'm not. Yeah. And and it, the 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 definition actually comes from the action of the muscle. Even though you frown with your with your mouth. The smile line, the sm- the line actually comes from the contraction of this uh, of of this movement of the cheek moving up and the rhizoris muscle versus the glabellar complex. Yeah. And it's like, how much if someone's going there? Like, how much do they can they anticipate to spend on Botox? Is you get charged by Botox. unit, or are you like, I have this budget, like spend this? Like, I think that was one of the biggest concerns from people is that I really want to get this, but I can't afford it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we charge by unit instead of by area because everybody's needs are different. I so. think, yeah, I think that that's the most honest way to do it, right? Um, a lot of practices, the cost, the cost has been going up, and and the products like are are not cheap. So, you know, in, in an aesthetic practice, I mean, we're a really small aesthetic practice. We do all injectables, but it's still at a, at a high, at a high cost to the company. So a lot of small practices charge per area in order to, to, to mitigate the, the, the loss, you know, but the truth is, I, then if someone comes to me, I'm like, well, how many units did you have in your forehead? Oh, I don't know. My, my previous doctor charged per area. It could have been 10 units or it could have been 50 units. And then I won't be able to judge what the what the comparison and treatment is. So the honest way to do it, I believe, in our practice is to is to really tell the patient, this is how much you're getting and this is how much you're paying per unit. And I think that it's important to remember that I I'd rather you save your money and wait to have an appropriate global treatment when we do a full facial analysis, then try to just have us meet your budget because that leads to low satisfaction rate. Yeah. We're more likely to like, just kind of like, okay, you know what, let's, let's focus then, then just this area, because you're not going to be happy if I distribute it all over your face. And you're not. So a lot of people get scared about the number of units, but what, 
what it's important to know is that uh, dose and duration go hand in hand. So if I'm, you know, stretching 20 units across three areas, you're not going to get the longevity of the treatment. And then you're going to have to come back more often anyway and spend more money. Spend more money. Yeah. How can you know if like you're being charged a fair price? Because you were, you guys are based in Hoboken. So it's basically Manhattan ish prices. So what's like a general idea. So if someone walks into a place in the city, because obviously I'm assuming if you go and get Botox in Missouri, it's going to be, you know, probably less expensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in Manhattan, the general price per unit is between 20 to $25 per unit. Okay. Which is a lot. And our range here is um, $14 to $18 a unit. Gotcha. Actually, we, we always offer like a Botox bank for $12 a unit if you want to buy a bank. So people that are like, I need a lot of units. Can't you charge me per area? And we're like, listen, you can get it for $12 a unit and then you can have a couple of treatments with your 100 unit Botox bank. You know, yeah. so that's a way that we help we help patients out. Yeah. Just buying the 100 units up front and yep. using them as you go. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And then I think one thing you mentioned was just like the longevity of the treatment. If if you were to do it like properly as the way you guys said it, how long should the patient or client expect the Botox to last? Three to four months. Yeah. yeah. Three to four Three months. months. And some people, so there so with that, there are patients that sweat a lot. They exercise heavily every single day and fast metabolism and and it's not that they go through the product quick and and they're like oh my body eats up the botox the the way the receptors work in in accepting the the product is through this neuromodulator acetylcholine bind so he and it's like leaving fruit out on the counter versus putting it in the refrigerator so the more heat you produce in your body and the more sweat, particularly within the first like 24 hours, but most people, if they sweat every single day they, and they can't stop, that, that product is going to release prematurely from the receptor. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And when people ask you, does it hurt? Which I feel like is such a loaded question now that I <laughs> had it, but like, how can you come, like, what do you say? What do you say it feels like? Um, I usually tell them it just feels like little like pricks and there's no like residual pain. Like you're not going to leave like in pain. Um, you be a little sore, but you know, it's kind of like a sting. I call it a spicy, (laughs) like, okay, it's going to be a little spicy. (laughs) Be like, ding, you know, some areas you don't feel at all. And other areas are like a little pinchy. Um, I mean, is it like getting a relaxing massage. No, but it's going through like something traumatic. It's like acupuncture. If anyone has had acupuncture, I call it acupuncture with the twist. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. So the little tiny needles are are almost identical in size, except you get a little like zing afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. Now I kind of like. It I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm, for me, on. it's very yeah, relaxing. I'm like, I know it's gonna be on the other side of this, and I'm like, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like traditionally, or at least like I remember like growing up and hearing about it. I feel like it was like for older. Oh yeah. Especially women, and now I feel like it's been such a trend for younger people. So like, is it really like a preventative treatment? And then when do you suggest someone come to see you guys? Great question. Yeah. We talked a lot about about this this, recently. Um, so yes, it is preventative, but that's if you don't already have 
wrinkles or etched in lines. At that point, then it's corrective. And it's not age dependent either. Yeah. Because everybody's genetics are different, environmental factors, the way you take care of your skin. So I think age really varies. Um, if you're coming in and you don't have wrinkles or etched in lines, at that point, we would say it's preventative. I don't like to use the term baby Botox. Um, yeah, it's really, it's, it, it's, it's a, a misconception. misconception. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, what is a baby Botox? You know, like it's just dilute product and yeah. you're not going to really get much out of it. And if you have those deep lines and you have really strong muscle contraction, at that point, baby Botox is not going to be optimal for you. <laughs> no. no, you're just going to be unhappy and you're going to feel like Chelsea likes to say, letting your money on fire. Yeah, that's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just let it on fire. It's not going to do anything. You're better off just getting the dose that's appropriate for you. Yeah. Now, is there ever it's like a line that cannot be corrected by Botox, no matter how many units are injected? Because my mom's going to kill me for asking this. <laughs> but we were in L.A. like last week and we were with my parents and I was staring at her forehead because I find myself staring at people's foreheads now. Not in a judgmental yeah. way, but I'm just like, yeah, like, ooh. yeah. like Ma, you got to go. And she's like, well, take me to see Chelsea. That's literally oh, like, yeah. verbatim. I'm like, God. my brother lives around the corner. Phoenix. Like you can go when you see Seth. Um, she goes, she can't help my line. It's just too far deep. Is that true? It's well, a deep line. Like, is there ever a line that's like two? She's going yes. to kill you. I don't there, know. Yeah, there that's, that's when you need multiple modalities. Yeah. So what does so, that mean? So we, so whenever a person steps into the rejuvenative or now the term is prejuvenation for those who are, have not aged yet. So they want to just maintain the, that really wonderful and youthful look that's prejuvenation but if you're looking to rejuvenate it's it's a very um what do you call it like continuous yeah. lifelong journey it's because a it's a commitment thank you <laughs> that's <laughs> a great word for it <laughs> yes and you have to commit to a variety of different things right like skincare you have to protect your investment we talk about yeah. this with patients all the time you also want to do your neuromodulators in order to weaken the muscle. And I explain this to patients like going to the gym. Okay, so you go to the gym every single day, you build your muscle, you build your endurance. What if what happens if you stop? Your muscle's gonna atrophy, you're not gonna feel good, you're not gonna look good. And you know, even if you get a private trainer, one day of a private trainer is like, oh, how come I haven't how come I don't look good? So not only that, you have to um also think about deeper lines. So to answer your question, we do have different treatments to treat deep lines that are not corrective with Botox. Because, oh, interesting. Like what? Yeah. Um, so we do PDO threads or mono threads. Mm -hmm. They're like little tiny, tiny little surgical threads that are used in all of the surgical specialties, except it's put inside of a little tiny needle. And then those threads are placed directly underneath the line. And that will stimulate and rebuild the collagen that's been broken down, kind of like bending a cardboard over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Even stretch that cardboard is to maximum capacity, you're still going to see that crease. It's a good analogy. So, you know, you have to really rebuild that, that skin. 
and it's done over time because it's natural stimulation. Yeah. We also do um, microneedling, which is great. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a new filler. Yeah. We, we yeah. just brought on um, the redensity filler, which is um, a dynamic filler. So it can be used in fine lines. And um, the other HA fillers are a little bit, this one's like very thin and it can be put in places where you have a lot of dynamic movement. Um, and so, no other yeah. filler in the past has yeah. ever been it's, it, in, in my training filler in the forehead is an absolute contraindication. It's risky. You can have the risk of blindness because there's so many vasculature that cross this area. And, um, and so it has overall been an absolute contraindication except for this one filler. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. We're going to dive into filler in a couple of minutes. Um, right. I know nothing about filler. So I'm actually <laughs> like, what? Is there anyone who should not get Botox? <laughs> so we always, we always analyze patients and do a full medical history and, and background to understand if there are one, any autoimmune issues or musculature issues, uh, and particularly uh, myasthenia gravis, which is a, a, a muscular issue where the patient really can't, it, it they can't have the neuromodulator. It, it's, it would actually hinder them. The, the other contraindication would be someone with an allergic reaction to any botulinum. And I mean, those are pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now so, what? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, that was my next thing is about pregnancy and breastfeeding, which was a very commonly asked question, which I know like pregnancy, it's strongly discouraged to get to get Botox, but usually for, for most women, it's like, if you can't do something while you're pregnant, you can't do it while you're breastfeeding for the like majority of things. So how do you guys approach Botox while breath breastfeeding? So Botox, like I said before, is a, a neuromodulator that binds only specifically to the acetylcholine receptors. It does not, it does not get transferred into the bloodstream. And in fact, the, the Green Journal, which is the ACOG, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, has now been um, studying the, these factors. And the truth is that in the past, there had not been studies, right? No, no, no pregnant mom and breastfeeding mom's like, oh, yeah, I'll volunteer. Please shoot me up. Let me be in your study. So they, they now have started collecting data specifically looking at any product that could potentially get into the breast milk, potentially getting through the placenta barrier. And they have not found um, any correlation with or contraindication with breastfeeding and injecting Botox. So um, it's, it's deemed safe. Interesting. Cause like when I was just sick, not with the norovirus, with a different plague that Ezra <laughs> probably brought home from school. Um, I couldn't even take like a decongestant. Like, I just feel like there's so many like things that you the pediatrician said, like you technically can take it. Like it's not going to harm the baby, but it's going to like dry up your supply. Like no, there's that, that was the antihistamine. That wasn't, that was an antihistamine. Oh yeah. That was an exactly. Yeah. Cause it makes you dry. It gives you like cotton mouth. Like, yeah. So it does. It dries up the milk. <laughs> I just feel like there's always like something that there's like a side effect. So I think a lot of people are always like, I guess, like very like cautious about it. 
Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting because like it doesn't get in your blood, such as like when you're drinking alcohol or right, right. Okay. Yes. And just speaking of like studies of Botox or any of the alternatives, like are there any long-term effects for patients or clients who have like consistently used Botox product like for years? Um, the biggest, the biggest concern with an older product like Botox is the, the way they manufactured it has a protein that could cause resistance. So, you know, and, and the reason, the reason why other products are coming out in the market now is because they're, they're manufacturing a pure form of, of this neuromodulator so that people won't have this long-term effect. I mean, it, now, if you, if you have used Botox for many, many years, what can happen is, is muscular, just complete atrophy of, of your, of your muscles. This is the first generation that has been using Botox from a very young age, like in their 20s. Studies have been, you know, looking at depression in teenagers and the use of Botox and or how they perceive themselves in the mirror. So like even teenagers have been entering studies um, that look at Botox. And that's one of the things like, you know, you don't you lose full full movement of of your muscles. So. Yeah, that's that's one of the concerns that, you know, overall the resistance, the resistance yeah. and then just complete flatness of muscle and having no movement. Yeah, not everyone, not everyone, not everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> and if Botox isn't an option for you, like what is an alternative to doing it, whether that's from like a cost perspective or you're pregnant, um, I guess those could be two totally different things. Let's break that down. If you okay. can't afford Botox, like what's a good alternative? I would say probably just investing in good medical grade skincare to delay the aging process. Retinol. I mean, not if you're pregnant, you can't use retinol, but let's say if you're not um, starting retinol would be a great option because it's going to help, you know, cell turnover and collagen production and, you know, prevent those wrinkles. Yeah. And SPF. So the two yeah. main things that everybody needs and should till death do you part from your products. And everybody asks me, they're like, well, if I have, if, if I can invest in one thing, actually there's two things, you need a night thing and you need a, a day thing. Yeah. <laughs> one is SPF and two is retinol always and forever, even in and the winter, yeah. even if you're working from home for the rest of your life, you don't live in a dark room. You have light coming in through the window. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day. Every single day you need to put SPF on because that will preserve your investment. And that with retinol are the two things that will help prevent yeah. aging. And and retinol corrective too. You know, it helps to really um, erase those little fine lines. Can you use retinol while breastfeeding? So retinol is a lipid retinol is high concentration of vitamin A. And vitamin A is lipid soluble and it does get into the bloodstream. Okay. Yeah. So the recommendation is like, you know, you really, you really shouldn't retinol comes in different percentage concentrations. My recommendation for my patients, like, you know what, just lay off the retinol because it does get into the stream. Yeah. Okay. So in about nine months, I'll ask you which one to take um, or to (laughs) to use. I use like a retinol alternative. Like a plant-based retinol. Yeah. Like for the last, like it's like a from the skincare line that I typically use um, that, but I'm obsessed with like 
my morning skincare routine and my night skincare routine. Even Jordan has one now too. So like we were just in Florida. Can you tell I'm glowing. Look at this. I mean, both of yeah, you, you guys look great. It's the window, but I'm going to like get cancer now because I don't have SPF no, on my face. No, that's not cancer. It's the UVA. It's just the free radicals. I tell people like, you're not going to oh. get cancer. Like even, even the, the, um, the artificial lights create yeah yeah. create free radicals and you won't get cancer from it but you will get wrinkles i'm like crazy when we were just in florida i had like was walking in long sleeves and like i just don't i'm more afraid of like cancer than the than the wrinkles my dad gets so many weird skin he gets like those most things all the time so i have like a hat on i have this i'm like get (laughs) the skin like get sun get away from my skin um i think that's it for Botox. Well, yeah, just just to summarize. So yeah. in between Botox treatments, you should just be doing the SPF oh, and the retinol. Is there anything else that you should add to a skincare routine to like help the longevity or the product? Um, yeah, I mean, we I always recommend needling. I mean, needling is something that you want to talk a little bit about that, Chelsea? Um, yeah, I mean, we offer different kinds of microneedling. So basically, uh, microneedling is creating uh, micro injury to the skin. Um, and in that repair process, you're making new collagen and elastin, which helps tighten the skin. Um, even the skin tone, if you have pigmentation, decrease your pore size, fine lines. So doing microneedling a couple times a year in between your Botox treatments is another great way to maintain. Yeah, even if you're not doing Botox, like some people are completely against Botox, right? They're like, I don't want that in my body. What are my options? And the truth is if you have formed lines or even if you don't have formed lines, you bring blood supply to this, to, to the surface of the skin. And then your own natural growth factor starts to rebuild in the area of wrinkles. And then if you have no wrinkles, you're just going to maintain your skin always looking fresh, bright, and young because you're producing fresh skin every time you needle. Does it hurt? <laughs> It, they both feel that they enjoy both There's different kinds. There's different depths. There's we, different types. We yeah. do topical numbing. We do. Um, yes. You have to numb it. Yeah. Topical numbing. Oh, it's serious. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's nice. It's nice. It's, 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 it's one of our favorite things. You are so twisted. We, we have to we have to interview some other patients. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like childbirth. You know, like you love your baby so much, and then you're like, oh, I can't wait to do it again. You forget like the pain. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had the micro, like, it's nothing that I would never not do. It. No, like, no, it's totally it's, fine. Yeah, it's great. Well, I feel like if, you not, if you're numb, then you don't. Yeah. Really yeah. It. Does it hurt after? Not really. Yeah. You feel like a light sunburn, yeah. but then it lasts yeah. 24 hours. Like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, filler. Like, right. what is filler? Fill us in. So, filler is basically a hyaluronic acid. Gel, gel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how long has to There's also biological yeah. fillers which stimulate collagen, but we'll yeah. talk about we'll keep it, it yeah, like, I guess, yeah, to the hyaluronic. So, yeah. HA, HA fillers is you know the term that we use. Um, and you have hyaluronic acid naturally occurring in the body. Um, so they found a way to make these fillers the way that they're manufactured to last longer and be able to inject them into the face. Um, they can be used for augmentation or as a restorative treatment um, for people who have, you know, signs of aging and volume yeah. loss. So different 
purposes, um, depending on what your goals are. They come in, in different densities. Yeah. yeah. So some are really liquidy, some are really stiff, depending on the area. That's what, how we pick the filler. So you use Botox in your upper face and then where would someone use filler? Yeah. Where do you fill? Um, you can do filler. Well, now you can do filler basically. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, now this <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think the most popular places yeah. would be the lips, um, cheeks, cheeks. jawline, yeah. chin, chin. Yeah. under eye, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So it's yeah. Hard, hard to treat areas and yeah. areas that show like premature signs of aging or genetically, like uh, we're, we're big on treating the under eye area, you know, genetically, some people just, you know, have that very deep, hollow, dark under, under eye. Um, so yeah. we do filler there. And it's oftentimes that we're doing more than one area right. just to make sure everything stays balanced. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're coming in for under eye filler, there's a good chance you're also getting some cheek also or vice versa. Now, if you say, when you say under eye, so does it help with like dark circles? Yes. Interesting. And just filling in like those hollows. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. And how often do you get that? Is it similar to Botox? Mm, no, no. Once a year. Yeah. Usually. Oh, less yeah. of a commitment. It's yeah. less of a commitment. So some patients need, need a few treatments in order to get them to be optimal. Um, so and we'll, we'll generally screen them and say, listen, you know, we don't like to overdo it in your first session. You come in once, maybe twice, max three times over the course of like, you know, two to three months. And then you're going to have like a year to 18 months and then you're good. And then when they come back, they have another treatment and then they can probably go two years, you know? So it has a cumulative effect too, which is really, really nice. So when someone gets lip filler, it lasts them for it could last for a year. No, that that's different. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the lip is dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So it breaks it's, down. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Though. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like that's so like the most popular, like right now, with lip filler. Yeah. yeah, and and lips have come <laughs> have gone completely, you know, crazy, and then now we're all coming back to like, okay, we need to just look natural. Yeah, um, we we analyze the structure of the face. Do your lips fit your face? You can't, you know, you can't have your lip be the largest piece of, um, you know, real estate on your face, or else you just look completely unnatural. Yeah. Um, but the lip also breaks down fast because it is dynamic, so it's constantly moving. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for like someone like me. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. how how is that product measured? Like Botox is in units. How would someone? come to you and ask for filler and like understand yeah, like, what, what they're is, getting. Oh, oh, a question we get a lot. So Botox is measured in units, whereas filler is measured in syringes. Um, so usually one syringe is one CC or one ML. I think people get really nervous when they hear like, we're going to do like one full syringe. Um, the way that I explain it to people, one, one syringe is the equivalent to the size of a blueberry. So when you think about it that way, it's really not that much volume. Depending on where you're injecting in the face, one syringe is more than enough. Like in the lips, we would never do more than one syringe. But for the cheeks, it's usually at least one per side. Right. The jawline. I mean, it could take a lot. It could take like five or six. I probably have seven syringes of filler in my jaw. When it's placed correctly. Yeah, Chelsea did a really good job. natural. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I never had this definition. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to share some of the videos so people can see. So to transition to a bunch of like random questions, we're going to spit at you. Okay. What, speaking of like the dark circles under your eyes, what can you do for that besides something like filler? Like I, per, like I genetically have dark circles. Like mm-hmm. what else can I do besides look tired? <laughs> so, um, we, we do a lot of, um, PRP, which is yeah. platelet rich plasma. Um, we draw your own blood, we spin it. And then we take out just the, the, the serum containing growth factors and platelets. And then we re-inject it. <laughs> so that's really nice. It doesn't, I, I do that a lot for men. They don't want to yeah. like look, you know, unnatural and they feel like they just, you know, just, it just doesn't stand out so much. So they, um, they really like that. That's an option. Yeah. And it's using your own body, your own bodies. Yeah. How long does that last? Well, because it's, it, you need a few sessions since you're not volumizing the area. So between three, if you're a really hollow six treatments um, until the skin really rebuilds. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a regenerative process. And, you know, it, it la- once you do that, probably a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I have pretty bad like belasma or like hyperpigmentation. I don't know what the correct terminology is. It's like yeah, the darkness right. above yeah. my upper lip after having Ezra. And obviously, as you know, like it gets worse in the sun and random fact about me is like, I don't really have very strong sweat glands. Like I don't really sweat anywhere besides my upper lip. So it's just like that part of my body. That's always yeah. so hot. I don't know why my dad's the same way, but like, I always feel like it's disgusting. What can I do for that? Especially when like right now. So while I'm nursing, what can I do? And then also in a year from now, what can I do? That's a little bit more like invasive because it drives me crazy. I look like a man in the summer. I don't look like a man. I, I get that. 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 Especially and when I didn't know like what it was at first, I would like try to like, Same. Yes. like dirt. I was like, what is this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like hair. I was so yeah. confused. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, while she's, while she's nursing, I mean. Um, so tranexamic acid, um, is, is a safe product to use. And it, it was actually discovered in OBGYN. It, it's an anti-inflammatory agent. It's an NSAID and it, particularly targets the melanocyte cells that, you know, produce the darkness on the skin that is safe in pregnancy. It's safe in breastfeeding. Um, it's, it's a really wonderful treatment and it's not hydroquinone based. So hydroquinone is contraindicated in pregnancy and breastfeeding, but that's the gold standard of a topical agent to shut off the production and really clear out the, the, the dark, you know, shadows on the skin from melasma. Um, so Ooh, yeah, it's just a topical, a topical, a topical. Yeah. So is that something that like, you sell or like, do you, you have to let me know what that is. I like yeah. we, it's spring's coming and I get, it's coming. When we went, okay, it's coming. when we went to Florida, I was like already noticing it was coming back and I've tried yeah. vitamin C like things and not gonna help. Yeah. No, I almost want to like bleach my upper Okay. I will definitely be trying that. Uh, what are some other ways to build collagen? I know you mentioned 
the micro needling, but is there anything else that might be a little bit like less invasive if people um, want to, you know, repair or rebuild it? Um, Yeah. So the micro needling, um, we also have um, a treatment called all therapy. Um, It's micro focus ultrasound that works underneath um, deep in the dermis to help stimulate collagen. Um, It doesn't do anything for the surface of the skin, but it works, you know, in that deep tissue layer layer, um, it generates heat. And from that you get collagen production. So that's another good option, which is also pregnancy um, and breastfeeding safe too, which is a plus. Yeah. You're giving me a lot of good ideas here. You might be getting a knock on your door this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the most underrated skincare treatments to get that you offer? Because I'm sure everyone comes in and they ask for Botox first. Well, at least yeah. I would assume so. But like, what are some things that you think are really underrated? I love peels right now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Which also help with the hyperpigmentation yeah. and melasma. So chemical peels will target hyperpigmentation, melasma, fine lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the peels are great. Peels are awesome. And it's super underrated. People that are very scared. They're very quick. Yeah. Like 20 minutes, you're in and out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it keeps the canvas nice and clean, right? It doesn't matter how much Botox and filler you put in your face. If your canvas is not well taken care of, then nothing's going to sit right. Yeah. I feel like all of the skin, like retinol and all of the skin treatments are like the insurance that you're paying for your injectables. Yeah. How do you know if you're a good candidate for a chemical peel? So the peels that we have, um, they're level one, two, and three. We typically start with the lowest to to mid-level peel. We we take a look at the skin. Most of our peels are are approved for all skin types. Um, and then we'll we'll gauge, but it's also in a series. So the more you do, then we can increase the level of the peel. We should probably mention we do have two amazing medical estheticians yes, here. Um, very talented. That can give you a personalized plan to reach your, you know, skin goals. So we we do some of the skin treatments, mm-hmm. but we also yeah. have estheticians here that yeah, we refer a lot of our skincare um, plans to to the estheticians, and then we co-manage with them. So are they the ones who are doing all like non-injectable treatments? Correct. Yeah. Got it. And then are there any other like non-injectable treatments that, that the two of you, um, do yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do the needling also in the peels. Um, yeah. I do all therapy. Yeah. Same. Have you ever heard of the remodeling face? It's like an old school tool. And I have an esthetician. I'll send you a video. Okay. I have an esthetician that live that um has a place right like a thirty second drive from our house, which is like the most convenient ever. But I also harass her every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she bought this machine off of like a seventy something year old esthetician who was like retiring, and it's called remodeling face. And it kind of stung a little bit, but it was almost like a makeup brush. And it like, it vibrates into your skin. It -hmm. was wild. But when I tell you, it like plumped up my entire face. I like, she, I don't know. It like, like pulled it together. Yeah. Like it like gave a facelift. It works your muscles. It works your muscles. Yeah. 
I had like a picture of one side of my face, which looked like normal. And then the other side after that machine. And I was shook over the, the results. Yeah. Really cool. So what, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. what is that? Really cool. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds um, like mm-hmm. It pulsates. And then and it's yeah. you kind of feel like twitchy, twitchy a little bit, like when it's happening. I yeah. told my mom, cause my mom started to see her too. And I go, it's kind <laughs> of like what I would think getting electrocuted feels like. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Shit is crazy. You really enjoy it. Yeah. But then you see the results. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, she goes, Are you okay? I'm like, this doesn't feel that good. <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> it's a little alarming. And then if you're not in, you know, the New York area and someone can't come to see you guys, what would be like some questions or things that someone should ask the um the, the like pro- how to find a practitioner? Yeah, how to find a practitioner trust. to best trust and questions to ask when, when, before they get any treatments or any certifications, like what should they look for? Yeah. Um, so I think that the most important, um, part of injectables, especially today, it are, are they exclusively doing minimally invasive aesthetic injectable treatments, or are they a provider that bounces around between their private practice and like surgery? Do they still practice, you know, um, dermatology, and then they just kind of do this on the side. Um, a lot of practices have very talented nurse injectors, and those are the providers that are continuously um, injecting. In fact, most, if n- most of the trainers, I mean, at, at least for myself, the all of the trainers that I have I've had over the last six years through the company have been nurse injectors. So registered nurses, they, they really do, is I saying nurse practitioners? I meant nurse, um, registered nurses. They do all of the trainings. They do all of the injectables um, when tied to, to a physician practice. Also make sure that the practice is a legitimate, um, not just a, like a, a med spa that has a very high turnover of providers. How many years have they had uh, experience injecting? How long have they been with the practice? And if they have before and afters of yeah. their own patients that just they inject. Like what training they've had and like, what are you doing to continue right. your education? Yeah. It really varies by state to yeah. who's allowed to do certain things. Like I think yeah. I want in Colorado, you don't need a medical license to do injectables. Right. So you want to make sure that you're going to somebody who has like a medical background and you know a medical license and that has had the proper training yeah and who's overseeing them right like if they have a medical director is the medical director in-house in case of a complication um so i think it's important to ask your your provider that like okay well you know this is your practice so who's overseeing you if you're not a physician you know who's your backup call guys this was a very jam-packed (laughs) <laughs> a lot. episode but like <laughs> both were so well-spoken and articulate like listeners are going to going to love this can you let everyone know where they could find you to learn more and if they want to come to studio 17 yeah yeah um so 
We are in Hoboken. You can find us on Instagram at Studio17CW. Um, I have an Instagram as well, um, Aesthetic Nurse Chelsea. It's linked on our main Instagram if you can't spell aesthetic. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think about changing that for that reason because <laughs> it is a complicated word. <laughs> um, and then our website, Studio17CW.com. Um, We're right across the street from the ninth street light rail yeah so corner our ad our address is 6019th street but our entrance is on jackson so corner of jackson and ninth and you're right by shop right which is like that's right another landmark it's an easy target everyone knows um <laughs> thanks guys thanks so much thank you guys thank so, you so much, much.